Hello, brothers and sisters. Joe Zink coming for a special Easter Sunday edition of uh, Cup of Joe. Happy Easter to every one of you. I wish you every grace and joy on this, the most wonderful of days, on uh, Easter Sunday, uh, April 12th of 2020. Uh, <clears throat> I will read the gospel uh, actually from the Easter vigil of Holy Saturday night. Um, it is uh, Matthew uh, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. Um, for those who aren't familiar with the Easter Vigil, perhaps you're not of the Catholic tradition, the Easter Vigil begins at um, sundown, cannot begin before uh, sundown on, uh, on Holy Saturday night, because again, remember, that is the beginning of our third day, sundown, and it begins with a fire, a holy fire in the back in which we, we bless that fire and then light the Easter candle. Uh, the Paschal candle, the, the Christ candle, the, the candle that is taller than any other candle in the church. Um, and once that candle is lit, the Easter candle, the Christ candle, every other light is out. The Easter fire is out. Everything is out. Um, <clears throat> with the exception of the Easter candle, and that Easter candle leads us in in darkness um, from the back of the church all the way to the front. Uh, and then we, uh, not only does it speak to us, of course, of uh, all the darkness in the world could not put this light out, but uh, in a sense we vigil with that light to the dawn um, until the, the full resurrection is celebrated. And in doing so, in vigiling, we, we read many of the Old Testament scriptures that foretold this night. And, uh, and what would happen, and, and salvation history, how God has blessed and been with his people throughout history. Uh, it, it is a marvelous liturgy. Anyway, that liturgy of the word ends with a, a gospel that is different. Usually on Easter Sunday, we read John out of John's gospel. Uh, but I'm going to read the gospel out of, uh, out of this evening, or excuse me, out of Holy Saturday evening. So let us, uh, let us listen to the word of God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see Jesus, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, approached, rolled back the stone, and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards were shaken with fear of him and became like dead men. Then the angel said to the women in reply, Do not be afraid. I know that you are seeking Jesus the crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Then they went away quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed, and ran to announce this to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
And, you know, sometimes we say the gospel of the Lord, meaning the good news of the Lord. And I don't know that what we've read was just very good, but today it is the best. Brothers and sisters, for he has been raised, just as he said. And twice, not once, twice in there, once from the angel of the Lord, once from the words of Jesus, the lips of Jesus himself, do not be afraid. Whatever it is, brothers and sisters, we are afraid of. Whatever we keeps us from God this day, set it aside and do not be afraid. I want to say this, and, and it'll be, uh, you know, perhaps others have heard it before. I think I've used this before in a reflection. But one of my favorite things um, growing up, uh, we were blessed on both sides to have some wonderful cousins. But there was one family on my mom's side that particularly uh, the uh, Zenk family got along with really well because the four youngest children in our family had... had um, uh, kids the exact same age. And so we always would love to get together at Thanksgiving because we would see all the family on my mom's side, but then we would get to come up to our parents at the end of the night and say, hey, can we stay over at the Belial house now? And of course, you know, we thought this was the greatest idea and, and it would shock our parents that, that we were so brilliant coming up with this. And of course, every year they expected it. I think they practically packed our bags for us. Um, and we would stay over at their house. And then maybe the next Thanksgiving, they would stay at ours. And it was just you know, delightful. It was delightful. Well, I bring that up, brothers and sisters, because I think that is part of what we're celebrating here at Easter. And let me explain what I mean there. Let's start with John's gospel. In the beginning of John's gospel, and I mentioned this yesterday, that G John is preaching out at the Jordan, and Jesus comes by, and John points to him uh, and mentions to Philip and Andrew, uh, behold the Son of God, or behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, uh, and ultimately invites Philip and Andrew to follow Jesus. And so they do. They follow after him. Well, you know, Jesus probably gets pretty tired of these characters walking after him, and so finally he turns around and says, this wonderful question that, of course, he asked you and I, but ultimately he says, what is it you are seeking? You know, which Christ, of course, asks us too. What is it we seek? Why are we following him? What are we looking for? But their response is equally as good. Jesus, where do you stay? Where do you reside? Where can I find you? Jesus, where are you located? Where do you stay? It's a marvelous response. Lord, where are you? Because that's humanity's response to Jesus. Lord, where are you? And Jesus' reply were those three words, come and see. Come, in, in a sense, and why I used the, the image earlier, come and stay at my place. Let me show you where I am. And the rest of John's gospel, well, not the rest of it, much of it, is where Jesus shows us where he resides. He resides in, in joy. He resides in abundance in creating the very next chapter, the water into wine, 150 gallons or so. He resides in forgiveness. He resides in reaching out to those in the fringe like the woman in the well. He resides in those who have been unable to see all of a sudden to see with the blind man. He resides in abundance when he feeds the 5,000. He resides in, in patience and life and goodness. 
and he shows them. That's the rest. They've gone over to stay at his house. He has said, come and see where I live. This is where I am in all of these things. But brothers and sisters, for a relationship to be two-way, we couldn't have just gone over to the Blyles. We had to invite them to our house too. And so as good, um, as a good friends, as good relationship, humanity had to invite Jesus to our house. And we do that, and the crux of that, the change of that is in John's Gospel in chapter 11, where Lazarus has died. And Mary and Martha run out to him and said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And so ultimately Jesus then says, okay, um, where is he? Where have they laid him? And Martha and Mary, and I don't remember which, say, come and see. So we've gone for 11 chapters and seen where you live, Christ, and we love it. But now it's time for you to come and see where we live because we live in death and we live in sorrow and we live in anxiety of this and we live in, in fear and we live in hurt and pain and, and that is the human condition. When, when Pilate says, behold the man, he's not merely saying, behold Jesus Christ, behold the human condition, behold what we live in. And Jesus Mary and Martha invite him to it, come and see. And so Jesus comes and sees, not only where Lazarus is, but he stays in our house. The whole next week of Holy Week is where Jesus enters in. He's in the human condition always, so don't, don't get me wrong there. But it's where he enters fully into humanity because he enters into death itself. He takes this invitation seriously, brothers and sisters. While we loved residing at his house and all that it brought, he resided at ours. And he came in even unto death and entered into that with us. But here's where I'm going at the end. And this is why I wanted to choose Matthew's gospel here uh, from the Easter Vigil on Saturday night, which says this. The guards were shaken for fear. Okay, so his appearance, that is uh, the angel of the Lord, uh, his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow and the guards were shaken with fear of him and became like dead men. Then the angel said to the women in reply, do not be afraid. I know that you are seeking Jesus the crucified. He is not here for he has been raised. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. So brothers and sisters, a final invitation is made here. A final invitation. Jesus invited us to come and see where he resides, and we did. And we invited him to come and see where we reside as humans, and he did. But now he invites us to come and see what he can do with that place at which we reside. Come and see where they laid him. Brothers and sisters, that is the meaning of Easter. Not just that our God could not bear to see his son uh, in the tomb, so he raised him from the dead. That alone is worth celebration today in that God is stronger than death. There is nothing stronger 
than our God. Light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death. All of that in the person of Jesus Christ. But what is beautiful is the stone was not rolled away until Martha and Mary, excuse me, Mary and the other Mary came to the tomb specifically so they could come and see what our God can do with everything that we deal with with humanity. All that anxiety and pain and sorrow and grief and death and hurt and loss and separation. All those things we had to invite Jesus to come to see. He came in, entered into it, and in entering into it, made it his home and redeemed it and made it new and it was no longer as it was. The stone was rolled away, not so Jesus could get out, but so we could look and see what did he do with death and he made it nothing. It's how Paul, brothers and sisters, can say, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? It's gone. It's wrapped up in the, in the, in the resurrection of Christ. Brothers and sisters, this day is not just a celebration of God's power, although it is, but it is a celebration of what the pattern is for you and I, what we are invited into, and it is the best day. So all those losses you may be experiencing, all those anxieties you may feel about things in the future or, or hurts that you are wondering about or, or shame that we carry, and we do, all those things. Remember, we heard it twice today. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Tell my brothers and sisters, I go before them, and I will meet them in Galilee. He goes before us always, and he makes anything that we have new. If he can make the worst thing in human history, which was the cross of Christ, when we told God we do not want him, if he can make that new and make it the best thing, brothers and sisters, he can make anything in your life and my life new too. That is why we celebrate. That is why we must celebrate. Happy Easter, my friends.